Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the New York Yankees, New York Giants, the New York Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about Rutgers losing on the road to Michigan, 71-62, and the Rangers looked strong in beating the Washington Capitals 4-1 Thursday night. So let's go ahead and get started. Rutgers basketball lost 71-62 on the road to Michigan Wednesday night. Unfortunately, they had an ugly start and ended up being kind of a letdown game for the Rutgers basketball team. There were three or four turnovers in the first four minutes for Rutgers. They had a few travels, an offensive foul. I wasn't particularly happy with the early effort and focus by Rutgers. And that's a change from recent games. They had a trend for a long time this year of starting games poorly. Recently, they fixed that. And coincidentally, it kind of mapped with their winning ways. But Again, it was kind of not a great start on the road for Rutgers. Rutgers is not a great road team at all, and I think it showed here. In particular, Mulcahy did not have a strong start to the game, and this kind of persisted throughout the game from him. He also ended up having two personal fouls less than nine minutes into the first half, and that set the tone for him for the rest of the game. Mulcahy played really, really poorly on Wednesday night, and it really hurt the team. You know, when Mulcahy's on the bench and someone else is bringing the ball up court for Rutgers, they're not nearly as good an offensive team. Not nearly. I mean, without him, it's mostly, okay, clear out, have someone go one-on-one with the defender. Let's see if we can make a shot. There's no fluidity to the offense at all when Mulcahy is not running the team. Ron Harper, he kind of had a strong first half and ended up having a pretty good game. He he still does not seem to show any of the effects of that injured finger he suffered a couple games ago. Um, of course, he had to take his one offensive foul. Uh, I guess the fact that Harper only had one offensive foul in the first half might actually point to improvement. Who knows? Anyway, he played pretty well. Um, McConnell also had a decent offensive effort, especially in the first half. Uh, I am not a fan particularly of McConnell's offense, but he did play very well offensively in the first half against Michigan. Um, Rutgers did not play crisp basketball at either end for most of this game. Uh, After the game, I think Peichel said his team looked a step slow at both ends, and for me, it certainly appeared that way. Um, at, At one point in the second half, they gave up a terrible offensive rebound, which, as you know if you listen to me, that kills me. These offensive rebounds are just daggers. So they gave up this terrible offensive rebound and immediately led to a Michigan three-pointer. Rutgers then quickly missed at the other end, and it led to another three-pointer. So not getting the rebound on one end, the defensive rebound, effectively cost Rutgers six points in about 20 seconds of game action. You got to get offensive rebounds. You got you to prevent offensive rebounds on one end and try to get them on the other. But particularly, you got to prevent offensive rebounds for the opposing team and box out. On the upside, Amorye again was very good. Uh, He even hit a three-pointer in the game, and he continues to be singularly the most consistent player scoring-wise on Rutgers. And maybe one of the more consistent scores in the entire Big Ten, if you think about it. Uh, even when Rutgers, you know, if they have absolutely nothing to look forward to after this season, they surely can look forward to Morier next year because he looks like a developing star in the Big Ten. 
Uh, back to the game in the second half, Rutgers defense, it was not nearly good enough. Um, and Michigan also scored on some great shots on, on the sets on defense when Michigan was on offense and Rutgers did put forth a really good effort. Uh, Michigan still ended up making some good shots and they made a lot of three pointers and a lot of them were wide open. I don't know if Rutgers was just late rotating or maybe as Peichel said, a step slow, but they did seem to get a lot of open three point looks and um, they didn't miss they made some really good shots. Michigan played well. This wasn't a case where, you know, a bad team beat us, but it certainly was a case where, we did not play nearly as well as we have in the past. For example, Mulcahy had a terrible second half. He could not hit any baskets at all. This is probably the worst game I've seen Mulcahy play in like six or seven weeks. He also ended up with four fouls. I think he finished the game with two assists, like four turnovers, maybe five total points. He had an awful, awful night. In general, I think Rutgers' shot selection in the second half was pretty terrible, too. Geo was not good. And in the end, you know, when you look at this game in the end, I got to say this. There's lots of different kind of analysis, right? And, and people and sports writers and announcers, they analyze things a lot of different ways. They didn't get rebounds. They really couldn't finish in the paint. They were outplayed on the perimeter. Bottom line is this. In this game... And as it is in many basketball games, Rutgers just couldn't hit a friggin' shot in the second half. And most of the game, honestly. And you know what? When you can't hit shots, you're not going to win games. I mean, there's lots of other things to analyze, but Rutgers kept missing and missing and missing and occasionally fouling for good measure. This game was not particularly close in the second half. And, you know, in the end, Rutgers has now lost two games in a row. And their exciting run is kind of fizzling out, as are their chances for making the NCAA tournament. So we'll see how it goes from here on out. Let's move on to the New York Rangers. The Rangers dominated the Washington Capitals Thursday night, 4-1 to at the Garden. It was kind of a cathartic win for me watching them. Uh, it was revenge for a few things. Uh, there was an opening night drubbing this year, the first game of Gallant as a coach, where they lost to the Capitals. And, of course, the end of last year, the Tom Wilson game, where he fought everyone on the Rangers and got Panarin hurt and really caused a lot of the offseason changes that, that happened. So seeing the Rangers beat the Capitals and dominate them like they did last night was a nice cathartic win and felt good. Uh, it was a gritty, hard-fought game. Igor was excellent once again, and I feel like I can put that on recording and just play it like every single time the Rangers have a game. Igor was excellent because he just continues his excellence every single game. If he's not excellent, that's the, actually the story. That's how good he is. He is far and away, far and away, the leader for the Vesna Trophy as the best NHL goalie as we stand right here on February 24th. Mika Zibanejad had a nice first period goal. It was a beautiful drop pass from Lafreniere. Um, Mika had a brilliant penalty kill effort that wasn't managed by the ESPN announcers, you know, by the way. This game was on ESPN, and um, they were okay as far as the announcers, and they called a decent game, but they weren't particularly focused on certain things. Um, they missed a lot of fine detail, and there were some things like a great penalty kill by Mika that didn't even get mentioned at all. All night, though, the Rangers had some trouble entering the zone with, with any kind of speed. Uh, many times they kind of refused to dump the puck and had some turnovers at the blue line. I really wish they would 
work on that. I mean, I don't want them to continue to be a dump and chase team all the time, but I think they have to start recognizing when the defense on the other team is standing up the blue line and stop trying to make moves one-on-one or one-on-two and ending up with a turnover. They got to, you know, be a little more smart with their approaches. And if you can't enter the zone with speed, dump it in and, you know, work the corners. That's what you have to do. But the Rangers did play a smart game in other aspects. Um, they worked very hard all night uh, in the second period with uh, the seconds dwindling down. Uh, Lindgren had a nice wrist shot that was deflected beautifully by Lafreniere. And the Rangers had a 2-0 uh, lead after two periods. Uh, Ryan Strom committed two terrible penalties. One was at the very, very end of the first period. And one at the very, very end of the second period. He took two tripping penalties. So the Capitals started the second period on a power play, and they started the third period on a power play. Friggin' moron, Strom. Come on, man. Again, Shesterkin was excellent on both penalty kill, you know, chances, and, you know, the Capitals didn't score. But still, I mean, you know, when when a team is good as the Capitals, you start putting them on power plays. Just silly. Um, Artemi Panarin. I want to talk a little bit about him. Again, he looked a little bit off the entire game. Uh, pucks were kind of going off his stick. He got checked more frequently than he normally does. He wasn't as shifty. He had some pucks taken away from him. He generally seemed even a bit hesitant for much of the game. And and it's something this year I can't even properly articulate with Panarin. He's playing well, but it does seem a step down from previous years, and particularly against good teams. And that's really troubling for me. Because when we play some lesser teams, he looks more like himself, and it's hard to notice anything different. When he plays the top echelon teams here, I don't know if it's just because they're better teams and they have better defense and they check him better, or they have better game plans against him, <clears throat> excuse me, or or what. But it is something that I notice. It isn't something that I've heard anyone talk about or write about, but I can tell you, when they play, you know, Washington like you see here, when they play teams like Florida, you know, when they play the Hurricanes, you don't really see Panarin do much at all. And you see lots of little turnovers, passes that don't connect. I don't know what it is. Um, and it is concerning because if and when the Rangers make the playoffs this year, that is who they're going to play. A bunch of good teams who are probably going to game plan really well against him. So I'm hoping that this is a temporary phenomena and that Panarin sort of steps it up a little better against these bigger teams. Artemi Panarin is about my favorite player, so I don't want this to be taken as, you know, I don't like him at all because he is absolutely spectacular and a, kind of a singular offensive talent. But it's something I've noticed as this, this year and only in this year. It has not happened in past years when we play good teams, but this year there is a trend. And if you go back and look, this is how he's playing against a better team. So it's something that we need to keep an eye on and something that I think we are going to need, need, need Panarin to fix going forward. The Rangers power play, by the way, speaking of Panarin and his teammates, did not look very good at all Thursday evening. Uh, usually it, it it's a pretty good power play. Uh, last night it was not. Lafreniere had a great game. Uh, he was a big part of a Kreider goal in the third period. Uh, and matter of fact, for Lafreniere, this is one of the very best games I've ever seen him play, if not the best. He was spectacular all over the ice. He was checking well. He was digging in the corners. He was making passes. He had a goal. Lafreniere is really starting to step his game up, and that's great to see. Uh, Ryan Reeves had a great game. He was imposing his will most of the night. 
Um, he had a lot of big hits and really played a good physical game and helped the Rangers out. Uh, the Rangers brought Morgan Barron up, and it was very good to see him on the ice, uh, as well as rookie Zach Jones, who I had said previously I want him in the lineup instead of friggin' Nemeth, who apparently was out because his wife's having a baby. But, you know, it was great to see Zach Jones in there and really good to see Morgan Barron, who I thought had a really good game. Again, there's so many, Rangers have so many good young people. I know they're hesitant to to play rookies a lot, especially late in the year when they're in this, you know, playoff run, you know, at this point where they need to get in the playoffs. But it might just be a matter of these rookies are better than the veterans they're replacing. So you can talk all you want about having a veteran presence and, you know, the the benefits of having veterans in there and, and experience. But, you know, when I look on the ice, I just see rookies are in. They look better. Veterans are in. They look worse. That's all you can see. So, you know, unless there's something I'm missing, they need to play the better players. And for me, that is Morgan Barron and Zach Jones and certainly Schneider. And he's been in every night, but they better not dare take Schneider out, who continues to be a solid uh, defenseman as a rookie. Ovechkin ended up scoring with a minute left in the game. It broke uh, Shesterkin's shutout. Otherwise, it was really a perfect game for the Rangers. And, and honestly, for the New York Rangers, this was a fantastic win. They actually scored four goals, five on five. Imagine that. More than one goal, five on five, which is shocking. The Rangers now are, I think, 5-0-1 oh, now in their last six games. And they seem like they're getting their game together back a bit up next for the rangers uh the pittsburgh king penguins who amazingly the rangers have not played even once this year uh it should be a good game saturday afternoon i believe that game is on abc and i want to thank you for listening to jersey guy sports please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends all about it i'll be back soon with more sports talk thanks and have a good day